Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 218 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walkers, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse Kickstarter Twisted Kickstarter Wilson. Kickstarter Twisted Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. See, that was like a prodigy goof. Okay. Like that song, like mm-hmm. Firestarter. Like, oh, I got it. Yeah. I was right on that one. It's pretty solid. Uh, but congratulations, my friend. Lovecraft Brewing Company, $31,600 raised uh, out of a $30,000 goal. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so what's uh, what's in store? What's what's next for, for Lovecraft now that the Kickstarter has happened? Um, well, we're still working on the business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to... Uh, buy all the t-shirts and hoodies and glassware and stuff and package those out up and ship those out. We have to find a space. So we were look we're looking at one space and uh, we're looking at another one on Saturday that I'm excited to check out. Yeah. And when I do that, I can get a business license and then I can get a business bank account because I can't get a business bank account without a business license. Nice. Although you do have then, your LLC right yeah. now, but that an LLC isn't a business license. No, those oh. are different. Okay. And then, then also, I have to get a liquor license. Yep. And then I have to buy and install the equipment. Yep. And then I have to get the Federal Tax and Trade Bureau to sign off on that. Mm-hmm. And then I can start thinking about making beer. So uh, by Thanksgiving, then. <laughs> we're hoping march man all right march, march madness. madness come watch march madness at lovecraft brewing company in bremerton washington i love it i already talked to to um some of my coworkers because you know i work in downtown seattle and i was like we should just have a day where we get on the ferry we go across we drink some beers and then we come back we can have meetings yeah. on the ferry that would be sick i'm excited man i'm so happy for yeah. you and tasha it's just the most amazing thing and, yeah, uh, made possible by many of our listeners as well. So, uh, saw a lot of familiar names on that back report. Yeah, dog. And we will get to those names in a moment. Uh, but before we do, we actually have a, a little bit of an announcement for the Personal Arrogance Podcast. Uh, so, uh, Jesse and I started this podcast when we were twenty-four years old, and I think you were twenty-three. Yeah, I'm, I, I was trying to remember if I was 23 or 24, and I cannot. And we've had people write in before and ask us, hey guys, how do you have time to do all of this shit that you do? Um, and we had a lot of time when we were 24 and 23. <laughs> all the time in the world. All the time. Dude, I used to drive to Bellingham to do this <laughs> no. podcast. And you used to drive from Bellingham to Seattle. That's like a two-hour <laughs> drive. So crazy. Just the podcast. Um, and yeah I mean we got married in that time you had a baby in that time you've now had a successful Kickstarter in that time uh, I've I've moved in Seattle I mean I've been my life is way different now than it was four and a half years ago um, and uh, basically we're just kind of running out of time um, and so we've been doing this podcast for four and a half years and 
we are uh we are going to be slowly waning it away and uh and personal arrogance is going to uh end very very soon um so this was a mutual decision mommy and daddy aren't fighting <laughs> uh but this is episode 218 and episode 220 will be the final episode of the personal arrogance podcast yeah so. like like eric said i when this started for me i was 23 i was freshly single living in bellingham mm-hmm. listless mm-hmm. i thought maybe i wanted to be a stand-up comedian who knows that's right you're doing stand-up but, comedy yeah <laughs> forgot sort of. about that and um and yeah and those who've been with us from the beginning have seen how <laughs> your and my lives have changed so much and I'm a father now, a yeah. husband, I have a career, I'm trying to start my own business, and it just seems like it now is, instead of it just ending someday for some arbitrary reason, right. I kind of like the bookend. It is, I, if I'm you... going off like the end of Freaks and Geeks <laughs> to follow my favorite band around the country. There you go. And, you know, we, we also want to, this isn't the last you'll hear of us either. So there are a couple things here. I'm going to be working. Right now, I know a lot of people have only listened from episode 106. I'm going to be working to put those original 106 episodes up on uh, onto a single RSS feed so that you can go back and you can listen to our entire back catalog. Um, and then the other thing that's extremely exciting is that we are going to be collaborating with Aaron and Jim of the Bald Move Network to create a nerd culture podcast like no one has ever heard before. Um, and we're still ironing out all the details to that, but it will be a nerd culture podcast featuring or hosted by Jim and Aaron, featuring me, featuring Jesse, featuring Levi, and I'm sure featuring some more special guests. Um, and that will be popping up in early 2015. So we're not leaving you hanging. We're just, uh, we just, uh, it's, it's, it, I think it's time. It's time to hang up the cleats and move on to the next new big thing. Um, so we yeah. wanted to tell you I think that. It, I'm- I'm excited for the next project, too. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it as well. And I'm still going to be doing the Gotham Blotter as well with Levi. And also, uh, I got a couple other irons in the fire in terms of podcasting. So, um, like I said, we're not. this isn't goodbye. This is just so long for now. But, uh, but we got two more episodes after this one. And uh, Personal Arrogance will then become a piece of the internet ether. The ethernet, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> it's pretty exciting actually i'm really excited about uh about the frontiers that we're embarking on so i'm yeah i'm excited if i if i don't sound excited it's just because i'm exhausted mm-hmm. i'm an exhaust i'm an excited exhausted ewok right now but i've been burning the candle at both ends you, i'm just i am run ragged right now yeah, you, don't, you don't really have anything going on right now Nah, it's pretty, you know, pretty much lying about. <laughs> you just like went 100 percent Australian. You must be tired. <laughs> That's how you know. You just go, yeah, just lying about. <laughs> just slipped right into it. Uh, speaking of yeah. slipping right into it, let's slip into some listener feedback this week because we got a ton of voicemails. And once again, we love it when you call in three six zero three six two zero zero two four. We're going to start it off with the McBride of Frankenstein himself. Here we go. Let's go to Virginia. I just, like, uh, I just had a moment. I just realized I literally could quote verbatim what you say in the voicemail thing for to leave voicemails on here, Eric. Uh, that sounds kind of funny, but I have decided that you two are kind of brainwashed me, but I'm not. I didn't have a problem with it. 
first you started me off with craft beer. And I'm kind of like, that's all I drink when it comes to beer now. Thanks to y'all. Recently had that Stone, uh, Stone, uh, I think it was their IPA, which was very good. Mm-hmm. And now you got me into D&D. Never would have played that before <laughs> I got started listening to you all, guys. I always thought it was too complicated. Never would have would be too much rules, too much weird stuff that I, I didn't think I'd be good enough at role-playing for it to be fun for anybody else with me involved. Totally into that now. Now you've got two things you have left. I think there's one thing left y'all really have to get me into. And that's probably board games. I mean, I like board games, but it's just, for the problem is I like board games like damn Monopoly and Sorry. I mean, nothing wrong with those games at all, but it's just... It's debatable. Those are your most bland boring board games that there is out there. I've yet to play anything like uh, any of those games like Arkham Horror or anything like that. The problem is, though, I like those. I would love to get into those games. The problem is I don't know if I have to find anybody to play them with. Would love to play them with people, just they don't have them. I don't have. I don't know if I have the people to play them with. So it just kind of sucks. But it's interesting though. I I also think that I would if we if you all ever 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 make it out to Virginia, let me know because I would totally love to have a brew with you guys. And if I and I do hope once Jesse does get his Kickstarter fully funded, which it is. It's, like a little under thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars to be done, which I am guessing will be done within the next two days. I would love it if it happened before Mondays, so that way I could uh, call in Dawson Blotter after that. <laughs> I watched the newest episode of Dawson and just go on about how happy I am about the Lovecraft, even though it probably isn't the best platform for it. But oh well, <laughs> I'm calling both just be excited for you, Jesse, because I'm just so excited for you to get this done, get your brewery going, and just, that way the whole personal arrogance army can just be happy to know that we contributed to something this awesome. All right, guys, stay arrogant, get off my back, get off my back, get off it now, I don't know why I'm singing. <laughs> I love you, Michael. No, dude, totally. Actually, my brother, uh, my brother-in-law, and and his wife are both. Um, I guess that would make her my sister-in-law. Are both? Um, they both live in Maryland. So Lydia and I are planning on going out to the Chesapeake area um, sometime next year. So I will definitely hit you up for that. Um, but the other thing here is board games. The interesting thing for me for board games, and especially getting people into board games, is you just got to have that gateway game where people. Where it changes their perception of what a board game is, because a lot of people settlers, are, settlers of Catan. Yeah, settlers of Catan. I mean, that that's the classic one. Um, uh, I think Flashpoint Fire Rescue is one uh, because that introduces a co-op element that a lot of people don't even know exists. Um, I think God, what other what are some other gateway games? Um, I mean, Carcassonne. Se- Carcassonne is a total gateway game. Uh, uh, I think Seven. Have you, have you played Seven Wonders? I actually haven't played Seven Wonders. I played it once. I liked it. Yeah, I hear that's a good gateway game. But basically, if you can get Bang. one, oh, Bang is a great one. Yeah, especially for the family. Um, but if you can just get people in once they play that first game and they realize that there's a whole world of board games that are actually fun and make you think 
and are different from Monopoly and Sorry and all of those games we grew up with. What I have found is that those groups suddenly become board game groups. Um, yeah. If you could find one other person to geek out on this stuff with, then you've got a board game group. Uh, and if you can't find those people, go to your local board game store and, uh, and you know, see if anybody there wants to play. Um, I, but I would recommend it fully is that if you get one of these gateway games, our gateway game is Settlers of Catan and it always will be. Um, or at least mine is. I know that Jesse games before he played Settlers, but, um, well, Settlers is that game that took me from like, before that was like Axis and Allies, which mm-hmm. is still just sort of like a more complicated version of a traditional game where right. Settlers of Catan really was like breaking the rules. Yeah, it's just it's this weird thing that happens when people play their first designer board game and they realize that oh shit, like this is this is way different than Cranium or Monopoly. It's it's like it's like being um having a whole world revealed to you that you never knew existed. Like it really does change your outlook a little bit. Um Right. So, you know, that's why they call them gateway games because once you're in, you're in. So, if you can find a gateway game and you can find three or four people to sit down and play it, we would recommend Sellers of Catan. Um, somebody's going to get hooked, and then all of a sudden, it starts to permeate through the friend group. And I had a Christmas party; like, we had nine people playing board games at once, and these are wow. just like normal, like <laughs> these are normal Horrible. people. They weren't like you or me, <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely are people who identify as geeks or nerds or anything. But they they understand the fun in sitting down and having a. A little, having a thinky experience around some beers and some chips and some friends and some friends. So, some friends, some Hans and Franz. So, um, my uh, so my father-in-law's girlfriend's son, uh huh, might who's like eight years old might be coming to Christmas mm-hmm. uh, this year, and I want to get him Stratego. Nice. I mean that's that's not a designer board game by any stretch of the imagination. It's sort of a classic one, but it's one that I really liked when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's a little more thinky, and it's not just like roll the dice and hope for the best. You actually can strategize and think and stuff. So I go online. I'm I'm looking for a copy of Stratego, and like a while ago they like changed it to like a futuristic theme, right? Which is stupid because it used to be all like Napoleonic sort of era, mm-hmm. like 19th century. And it was like private captain, corporal, scout, sergeant, yep. you know, all the way up to general and spy and stuff. And so now they like reissued like Stratego original. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking at the reviews and like the board just looks hideous. Like the colors are all <laughs> weird and you can like barely see the grid. And nice. apparently the game, like you have to put the stickers on the pieces yourself. Yeah, that's that's how I was when I got it. Oh really? Yeah, and I, when I bought there, I bought it like when I was probably eighteen, and I had to put the stickers on myself. Oh, okay. I I think I'm still gonna get it. But I just want like a, <laughs> I want the old the OG. Have you looked version. on eBay? I have looked on eBay. Um, you could probably get I, it for I like five bucks on eBay. Well, here's the weird thing. Um, I didn't find any that really fit what I was looking for on eBay, and I went on Amazon, and like the old versions on Amazon were selling for like. Over a hundred dollars. Oh, jeez. So I don't know what to do. Should have kept my copy. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like this phase where like I really liked board games, but I didn't have a friendly local game store. 
So I would go to Fred Meyer and buy like the $20 versions of Risk and Strategi- uh-huh. Stratego. And I was just like, I have these, but I never play them. And But Stratego is actually, it's easily the best of those Fred Meyer games. Um, if you can get it at Fred Meyer now. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a it's a good one because this kid's I I think it's just ready to get into mm-hmm. something like that so sort of an intro. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when I have kids, it's gonna be like I want them to play board games, but you really have to bide your time until they're ready. Because like, I'm just looking forward to Legos. <laughs> I'm really hoping I can get uh, Russell Nisha interested in Legos. Yeah. And I, they make some really cool ones for girls because they make that like Lego Friends. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like that because uh-uh. it's all they're like all elongated and yeah. they kind of look like Barbies and right. stuff. But now they're making Lego Junior just like with girl themed normal Lego sets. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Enjoyable. I'm excited, man. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we shall see what we shall see. I'm just excited because I remember going over to your apartment and I played with all of our Mega Blocks and made <laughs> yeah. a Mega Sasquatch. Those were dude. Duplos. Those oh, sorry. Not Mega Blocks. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, just find some friends because that's really what board gaming is all about. It's about the friends that you do it with. Um, and that's what, that's what makes board gaming so special is that it's everybody sitting around doing something fun with zero electronics involved. And that is a really rare experience nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it, there's something very campfire to it for, for me. Like the board becomes the campfire and then you're all kind of watching the fire, but you're also having conversations and anyway. Yeah. I can't wait to play diplomacy. Oh man. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I want to be Turkey. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, this one comes to us. So I never knew what this, cause Jay always calls in, but he, I, he, I, I, I never understood what the city he's from. It's new Samima beach, Florida. I can see cause it's on the Google. So it's new Samima beach. I think that's how you say it, but, but here we go. Hey guys, this is Jay Falero from new Samima beach, Florida. Um, just donated, got my donation in before you guys, uh, we're through with it and thrilled to help. Uh, sorry I can't get more. I don't have a lot of money at this point, but I'm glad to help any way I can. And I hope it's a great success. Wish you the best of luck. And can't wait to try it someday. You guys have greatly inspired and widened, broadened my beer selection or tasting. Uh, so thank you for that and get off the back. <laughs> Get off my back, Jay. Thank you for calling in. So, New Samima Beach. I could, I can't really understand how he how he pronounces it. I don't have that Floridian accent. Um, yeah, I feel like you have to act like you're wrestling an alligator, and then you you'll get it. Um, but yeah. but the, yeah, Jay, thank you so much for uh, for giving to the love to the Lovecraft Brewing yeah, Company. Yeah, and you don't have to give a lot. No, I mean. Every like I said, every every dollar counts. So thank you everyone for whatever level you chose to donate at. Yeah, if you absolutely. didn't donate, get off my dreams. <laughs> get off my dreams. <laughs> All right, let's go to let's go to Minnesota. What do you say, Jesse? Yeah, here we go. Hey, this is Zachary Kime out in uh, Maryland here. Just calling because I noticed Maryland. that Lovecraft Brewing hit thirty thousand and forty nine dollars today. Congratulations to Jesse. I'm so happy. Going to have to make a trip out to Washington State when everything's up and running and try some of those brews. 
All right, congratulations. Stay arrogant. Stay arrogant. Yeah, man. Apparently, it's it's Maryland. It's the other M state. Uh, but Jesse, how can people keep up on uh, Lovecraft as as the brewery develops? Uh, probably the Facebook page is the best place for mm-hmm. now to stay updated, and we we do have a mailing list going. Um, so you can get subscribed to that if you want more regular updates. All right. And how can they sign up for the mailing list? I'll figure that bit out. All right. Stay Just tuned. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the Facebook page right now. Great little Facebook community popped up there. There's almost 600 likes on your Facebook page, which is awesome. So yeah. um, that's a great place to keep up with it. Let's go uh, not too far away down to the capital of the great evergreen state, none other than Olympia, Washington. Let's do it. Hi, Jesse and Eric. It's Gina. Um, I called before. Anyways, so... I just contributed to your Kickstarter. My mom and I went in half because she got really super excited about being able to contribute to a brewery where she could go and tell them that she had contributed. So she wanted it on her debit card, and (laughs) it didn't give us the option to say, like, who would be on the founders list, and I was wondering if you could please put Donna and Gina Michelson. That's my mom, and that's me, and we're really excited to back you because I think thing and i want you to succeed so get off my back you don't have to throw this on the podcast because it's kind of businessy but you can if you want uh good luck i'm so glad your goal and i'm glad you have contributed anyway bye all right tina you rock uh and yeah there's a survey that went out after to all the backers and you can put exactly who you want on the founders list right correct all right i know i put the walk was family I'm very excited to be have the Walquist family. I did it on behalf of all my ancestors. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited about that. Let's go to Missouri. Jesse, I just saw you made your goal on the Kickstarter. This is Spencer from Kansas City. Sincerely, congratulations on reaching this goal. And I hope that one day when I go up there, I'll be able to taste a Lovecraft Brewing Company beer. Congratulations, man. Stay arrogant and get off my back. And I can't wait for that t-shirt. <laughs> right. Wear it proudly, man. I'm, I'm excited for my t-shirt as well. Uh, and yeah, just remember, downtown Bremerton, Washington. Scenic Bremerton, Washington. We're very excited. Gateway to the Olympic Peninsula. That's true. Gateway to the Olympic Peninsula. And just a ferry ride away from Seattle. Uh uh, let's go to let's now go to Rochester, New York. What's going on, guys? This is Baxter calling from Rochester, New York. I'm a new listener to the podcast. This is my first time calling in. I, I uh, got introduced by the podcast by uh, uh, calls in kind of frequently. You might recognize the name JM. Uh, he's a massive dork. He also happens to be my brother. <laughs> so uh, the question I have for you guys is. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure from what I've listened to so far, which is a, quite a bit of your backlog, that you guys are pretty knowledgeable about beer. Now, the problem I'm having is that uh, I've yet to really find a beer that I enjoy, so I'm coming to you guys for some suggestions. Now, I know that beer, like a lot of food and a lot of drink, is supposed to be an experience, and you want to find an experience that you enjoy. And So far, I've discovered that I really, really like cider. And I'm not talking about that, you know, yellow sugary piss water that they call uh, Johnny Appleseed, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, actual cider, like independent stuff. I guess the, the equivalent would be craft beers. So I guess, do you guys have uh, any suggestions on uh, 
any type of uh, beers I should maybe keep an eye out for for being a fan of cider. I've got a pretty expensive, uh, extensive beer store down the street, so, you know, I, I think if you suggest something, I might be able to find it. Anyways, uh, thanks, uh, thanks so much, and keep up the good work, and uh, stay off my back. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Baxter. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, ciders, if you like ciders, I feel like Jesse... Uh, the the French style beers would be kind of a great gateway for this guy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Go pick up some Belgian beers. Um, <clears throat> Belgian beers have a lot of fruity esters. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you like, obviously you like cider. So lots of apple and peach sort of flavors in uh, Belgian and French style beers. Plus they're dry, like a cider is. Absolutely. If you get good ones, man, like. Uh, like a delicious beer to guard. It's it's uh, champagne-y and cidery and fizzy and delicious. Yeah. Uh, so I would highly recommend that. I mean, I also you know a little gateway here is that I like to do the Granny Smith apple slice in the IPA. Oh yeah, I forgot about this move. Yeah, a little garnish. So you know, like if you're drinking a half, you put a lemon in it. If you're pu- drinking a wheat beer, you put an orange in it. And if you're drinking an IPA, put a little Granny Smith apple slice in there. Um, it, I feel like it really helps bring out kind of the tangy elements. Um, and, and maybe some of the – it helps add a little bit of a flavor to the bitter elements of the hops. And then at the end of it, you get a beer-soaked apple slice that you get to eat, which is also yeah, really like, awesome. It's not like you eat the lemon slice mm-hmm. when you're done with your half of Eisen. Right. You know, but the, the – Apple slice, man, that might have to be that might have to be optional at Lovecraft Brewing Company. Oh, that's perfect, man. I feel like that's such a differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, man. Oh, I'm so excited for, to go to the tasting room. I'm so stoked, <laughs> man. I'm just so excited. Uh and then we have one more dude here. This is another dude from Rochester. I think this guy's I don't know. I mean the last guy sounded really cool. I don't know what this guy's all about. Hey Eric and Jesse. This is Sam from Rochester calling in, and it is a beautiful evening because I just filled out my information about Kickstarter backers for the fully funded Lovecraft Brewing Company. Jesse, congratulations. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, Lovecraft brings to us in the future, and I'm especially looking forward to uh, that wonderful shake of pint glass that I requested in fact as well. Uh, you probably just got a phone call from a guy named Baxter. That would be my brother. <laughs> We have passed through the arrogance into the family, and so now listening to the podcast is now a brotherly family business. <laughs> so just so you guys know, you got another fan, and with any luck, we'll be able to get our roommate in on this podcast as well, and maybe we can ask them some joint calls in the future. Could, could be interesting. <laughs> so instead of getting off my back, I would like you to get off the family's back. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> Up the family's back. I just love the names in this family. J.M. Yeah. and Baxter. J.M. and Baxter. Those are badass names. Kudos to your parents. <laughs> uh, they did a good job. Oh, yeah, by the way, I became an Name uncle today. for jerk machine. Though. Yeah, exactly. Jerk machine. <laughs> I became an uncle today. Very excited about it. Lydia's oh, brother. congratulations. Yeah, Lydia's brother and his wife had a, a little boy. And so I'm very it's it's kind of surreal to me because this is like the first blood uh I mean obviously it's Lydia's blood but you know I am married to the lady 
uh, blood um, relative to to, and put me, to put me in uncle status. So yeah, I, I'm jealous. I'm not an uncle. I'm just a stupid father. You're just a stupid dad. I mean, the uncle is so cool, man. The uncle status yeah. is great. Dad. Not to mention, like, I am gonna like the the thing about Liddy's brother. He's an awesome dude. He's incredible. He's an incredible guy. But when he was a kid, his uh, Lydia's mother put him through like every sport possible to see what would stick. And sailing was the one that stuck. And he's an amazing captain. He's that's actually his job now. Is he, is he captains ships, like huge giant ships? That's what he does. But he never really stuck with any other sports and doesn't have any other sports knowledge. So I'm thinking I could maybe be this guy's little foray into uh, sports. So. Mm. Little football is going to be on the way to that man, to that young yeah, man. Do that. All right. Well, that's all of our listener feedback this week. Thank you for calling in, and you can always call in, get on the voicemail line at three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Um. All right, Jesse. Let's get into the topics this week. We got two options here. Both are a little macabre because it's Halloween, and spooky. it is very spooky. Um, so I'm going to give you the choice of which one we start off with. Are we going costumes or are we going super macabre? Let's get into costumes. All right. I like it. So we've we've had a few costume things here on the podcast. Uh, Lydia and I actually switched up our costumes. And I think I can announce it here because none of my friends listen to this podcast. Uh, but <laughs> uh, we are going and we have our whole costume made. It's Pinky in the Brain, which I'm very excited about. Because we wanted to do something that takes advantage of the height differences. Ha! <laughs> yeah. So we got, like, painter's outfits. And then I got, like, a yard of pink fabric. We sewed together some tails that are very visceral. We And we made ears and everything. We're very excited. This is a homemade costume, but it's homemade with love. And I feel like Pinky in the Brain was, was really good. And it's great because I found out today when I looked at, at Facebook... That are like kind of one of our plan B's options was taken by Levi and his wife Liz, and that was the oh, yeah. uh, Tim Allen, uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor, and Al Borland. How did both sets of couples settle on that, or not settle, but <laughs> yeah. come up with that? Well, I was trying kind to of think. A weird... Yeah, I know. I was trying to think of ones that would take advantage of my beard because I have a beard for like the first time in my life. So right. I, I would have been Al Borland in in Levi's world. Liz is Al Borland. Um, but I mean, we've, we've talked about the tenants and the, and the beauty that is home improvement on this show before. Mm-hmm. And a f- it's weird. Cause my wife and I are both going as Wilson. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh-huh. But I'm wearing a Russell Wilson Jersey. Uh huh. So I'm like Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. You're Wilson, 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 Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I also have like, um, a uh, League of Nations manual. <laughs> That's going as the ultimate Wilson. Yeah, well, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson won our Wilson bracket, right? <laughs> so Wilson, 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 Wilson. Now that's a costume. Actually, yep. if you if you just wore a Russell Wilson costume and you wore like a World War Two helmet or World War One helmet. And uh, and then had like the fence. Then you would be Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. No, I'd have to wear those like iconic circular glasses. Oh, absolutely. Because when I see those glasses, my first thought is Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, you know it. Woodrow Wilson kind of looked like Doctor Drew. Am I wrong on this? <laughs> I mean, my brain's got some water. 
<laughs> I don't, crossed. I don't know, man. Like, go I... ahead. I'm gonna. What's that? What'd you say? Go, go ahead. I'm gonna do a little research. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I went to Jordy's place, and like, I feel like Jordy looks so much like H.P. Lovecraft, but I feel like he also kind of looks like Woodrow Wilson. Well, which I'm. Ju- I was just about to say Woodrow Wilson kind of looks like H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. So that is the triangle, the early 20th century triangle. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Jordy just needs to go as 1913 and dress <laughs> up <laughs> like Woodrow Wilson meets H.P. Lovecraft. I love it. Woodrow Wilson looks like um, Dr. Drew and H.P. Lovecraft had a baby. <laughs> I think that's at the tip of everyone's tongue when they think about Woodrow Wilson. Uh, but uh, but if you know if these Woodrow Wilson costumes aren't quite your bag, maybe you want to go with something a little. You want to blend into the crowd a little bit more. So you want to know what are people actually going as? And uh, NPR decided, hey man, let's put out this knowledge here. So this is the. Uh, Top-ranked Halloween costumes for adults, 20, 2009 to 2013, broken down by year. The source is the National Retail Federation. Um, and so it's interesting because there's been a top... This breaks it down by year. So every year you can see what are the top 13 Halloween costumes. Um, but every year there has been one Halloween costume at the very top of the list every single year. Jesse, can really? you guess what that costume is? Cleopatra. Yeah, well, it is a it's a it's it's associated with women, but it's not Cleopatra. Uh, associated with women. Yes, it is. It's a women's costume. Okay, the number one every year. One. Because if you were a male and you were this, then you would actually have a different name. There's a different name for it when you're male. Oh. Just, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm gonna land on it. There's a lot of them in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, a witch? Yeah, the witch is the number one costume. Okay, that's, that's good. I was afraid it was gonna be like a sexy nurse or something. Well, we didn't, uh, it might be sexy, sexy witch, but they're, <laughs> I'm pretty sure nurses are, are called nurses whether they are male or female. No, that's why I decided not to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good call. Um, and then we had the- No, tw- it's actually called a Norse. A, a nurse, nurse a, yeah. mm-hmm. a nurse, a nurse, and a nurse. Uh, because ancient uh, Norsemen used to <laughs> sail around in ships providing medical assistance. Yeah, I mean they would pillage the town, but then they would take you onto the med mm-hmm. ship. The they performed a lot of emergency amputations. <laughs> it's like you need an amputation, but like you don't want to tell people that you had to go to the hospital and get an amputation. They come to you. And they make it look like it, it was in battle. It seems a lot more badass that way. That yeah, was a service that the, Vikings, yeah, that the Vikings provided. Um, so uh, so then we had definitely, I think we had the Twilight Effect. So tw- 20, 2009, 2010, Vampire and Vampire. Uh, 2011, Pirate was the number two. 2012, Back to Vampire. And then last year, I thought I was being uh, original here. But apparently the number two costume in 2013 was the costume that I wore. It's Batman. <laughs> That's crazy uh, to me. More Batmans yeah. last year than any any time in the last five years. 
Uh-huh. Um, third place, it goes pirate, pirate, vampire, pirate, vampire. So that's basically vampire and pirate are, are going between second and third place. Except for last year, because Va- Batman was huge. Um, I'm just going to run down 2013 last year, because otherwise it's going to get a little too wonky. So we have witch, Batman, vampire, number four, zombie. And zombie's been on the rise here. Uh, mm, because yeah. in 2009, Zombie was the 13th highest uh, costume. And then in 2010, uh, shot up to 7th. And then last year, it was 4th. So, I think Walking mm. Dead, probably. Um, probably the dead effect. The dead effect, absolutely. Uh, witch, Batman, Vampire, Zombie, Pirate. Then just generic superhero is number 6. But I'm confused because number 7 is Superman. So... <laughs> Batman and Superman aren't are they included in the superhero category or is it every super except for Batman and Superman? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, then I'm also confused. Number eight, Dracula. So number three is Vampire and number eight is Dracula. So does number <laughs> three a, mean no, not all non-vampire nice Dracula Draculas? costume? Uh, it's a vampire. <laughs> I'm not specifically Dracula. Not Dracula. <laughs> I went to the costume shop this week, and it's it's pretty hectic in there, but there's a pretty cool costume sto- shop here in Seattle called Display and Costume, and it, it's very hectic, hectic the week of Halloween, but all of the employees dress up in costumes, and pretty elaborate costumes, um, but the one lady who was, like, chopping up the fabric, who I got the fabric from, she was, like, dressed up, like, to the nines, and she's like, are you geek enough to know which sci-fi alien I am? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, I am a blank, blank, blank from the original Star Trek universe. And I was like, this is awesome, but you have terrible body odor. Because she had really oh, bad body no. odor. Oh, no. It's okay, though, because she's running around. You know, it's very hectic. But it was, it was a lot of body odor. But yeah. I just want to put that out there. Deodorize this Friday. Are you going to wear your costume to work tomorrow? I'm not. I feel like, it, first of all, it's a couple's costume. Well, you're great because you can interact with the public. I have a couple's costume. It needs to go It needs to go hand in hand with the other person. Otherwise, I'm just a giant mouse man. Um, yeah, take her to work with you. <laughs> take your wife to work day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm not going to do that. And also, like nobody else dresses up. So I don't want to be that guy. Well, I will be the only person dressed up. Yeah, but that's you're you're going medieval, right? Yeah, that's gonna be cool. You'd be like <laughs> making beer in a medieval outfit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, number nine, cat. So go as a cat. Yeah. Number ten, athlete, which is the number one lazy man's costume. <laughs> Put on your basketball shorts mm-hmm. and your jersey that you already own yeah and your sweatband put on your russell wilson jersey and <laughs> guys all i'm saying is if you're going to be going out in basketball shorts wear supportive underwear because out of context you're going to get lumpy in the crotch area and it's going to be weird that's all i'm saying huh. I'm just okay just a, just a tidbit to me like i played some football this weekend and like we're supportive underwear people. So it gets floppy. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. That wasn't, by the way, not me. I wore supportive underwear. 
Uh, well, okay, I was about to ask. No, no, no. And then I was like, I don't think I want to know the answer. No, Jesse, this is the whole thing. And I think I, I've been wanting to talk about this for a few weeks now. I am. I have made the switch to boxer briefs. I, yeah, me too. Hell to the yes. Okay, I was. Yeah, I've spent way too many years in boxers. Too that's many a, years? That's a fool's, a fool's errand. Fool's errand, dude. Like, I literally had underwear in my <laughs> underwear drawer that I had in high school. So, kudos to me for keeping up the physique, yeah. but, um, like, yeah, dude, boxers are not the jam. Like, No, they actually kind of suck. Yeah. And, like, the thing about mine is, like, all the elastic... Wiener, like, falls out of the flap twice a day. <laughs> oh, totally. That's the problem, is that, like, this is what I'm talking about with the floppiness index, is that, it, first of all, dudes never buy new boxers. And so, like, I had boxers from forever ago, and the elastic was completely gone, Zero stretch, and the fly had resorted to a completely open at all times position. <laughs> so it's just like if I'm wearing basketball shorts, there's literally nothing between me and the elements, but like a small piece of mesh. Ugh. So I'm telling you, man, the the boxer brief is it's a godsend. Yeah, yeah. This was very reason. This was this is within like the last three months for me. I went. Oh. I was at the Kmart. I was mm -hmm. like, I wanted to buy new underwear. I was like, man, I might just try the boxer brief. It seems like yeah. a good idea. Give it a so shot. I bought like the the five pack of it or whatever, and then I just like find myself rotating through those. Yeah. And like all my other boxers got buried. I'm like, okay, I'm officially a boxer brief guy at this point. Yeah, I'm actually, but I got a seven pack. I got it on Amazon. There's a there's a twenty pack of Fruit of the Loom. Um, boxer briefs on Amazon for twenty dollars, and that it's got Prime shipping. So, Play for twenty. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a seven pack, so it's seven for twenty. But, seven for twenty. Um, but yeah, so that's like a full week of underwear. Now I'm bummed when I run out of underwear. It's like I got to do the laundry. Um, <laughs> but it all came because I was playing all these sports, and I, like like I said, you can't be flopping around when you're when you're sporting. Um, right. And so, like two years ago, Lydia and I had tried swimming. We started try to try to swim for to keep in shape and it lasted for like a summer, but we did go to the swimsuit store and I bought like this, one of those, like, it's not like a speedo, but it's like a long, it's basically like what the Olympic dudes wear for, for so that I could like swim athletically. Anyway, uh -huh. I stopped swimming athletically, but then I was just wearing this bathing suit under my shorts every time I went and played sports. And I was like, I <laughs> need to just buy some boxer briefs <laughs> and dude, the boxer briefs are the jam. That's all I'm saying. So if yeah. you're going to be going as an athlete this Halloween, wear boxer briefs. Don't yeah. be flopping around. And just in general. Just in general. It's great. And I feel like it's this is way better. Obviously, this is like a late 20s realization, I think, for a lot of men. And all I'm right. saying is if you are one of our listeners, you're 23 years old, and you have been a boxer dude since you were 12, just go out and buy one of those packs, man, and give it a shot. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't waste any more precious years. Uh, let's go to the next one is clown. Very creepy. Um, number 12 is ghost. And then number 13 in 2013 was rock star. I'm, I'm, really? assuming, I'm assuming the beverage. <laughs> <laughs> number 14 was DJ Lance. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Lance. That's what I was last year. Oh, yeah, from Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. I like it. 
I, 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 I do have a pro tip for the the single, single young single man out there. Uh huh. Go as a bumblebee. Oh, you're right, dude. Well, you but you because weren't for... you weren't going as a bumblebee though. You were at an out of context bumblebee. Yeah, no. There's one year where uh, I I wanted to be a monarch from the Venture Brothers, and my costume kind of fell apart, and I was left with just scraps of it, and it kind of looked like I was supposed to be a bumblebee, and there were uh, like three times girls, because it's like a popular girl costume, and right. girls were like, "You're a bumblebee. I'm a bumblebee too." <laughs> It's a great strategy. Perfect. And my favorite thing about your Bumblebee costume is that the day after Halloween, we went to ZombieCon here in Seattle, and I was covering it for G4, and you were my cameraman, and you wore the Bumblebee costume while we were interviewing Malcolm McDowell, who was the guy from yeah. Clockwork Orange and a lot of other movies. Yeah, that was weird. It's that That is always going to be in my mind, is, is watching <laughs> Malcolm McDowell being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Who is right, the <laughs> I just love it, dude. It doesn't matter. We're never gonna meet him again, and he probably doesn't remember. It's just the look on his face was priceless to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was definitely like, why? <laughs> why is this? I feel like he was I, about I've done too much in my career. <laughs> I was the main character in a Stanley Kubrick movie, and here I am at a zombie con in Seattle being videotaped by a man in a bee costume. <laughs> uh, uh, oops. Uh, no, that's awesome, dude. That is awesome. So anyway, that's the rundown this year. If you need any last-minute ideas, these were all the ones from last year, so if you're doing any of these, you are unoriginal. Uh, unless you're Batman. Yeah, I'll have to throw up a... Uh... I'll throw up a uh, picture of my costume this year because I'm really oh, yeah. proud of how it turned out. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to throw up a picture of ours because it's super – it's actually – we're pinking the brain, but it turned out real creepy. So Creepy in the brain. Yeah, yeah Tasha Tasha got like a beer wench costume and uh, Russell Nisha has a dragon costume. So we're mm-hmm. doing a medieval family theme. A medieval family. You're going to get Ebola. Is that a medieval thing? <laughs> That's, black. That's the Black Plague. Yeah. I feel like those are together. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Lydia was asking if if I thought there were going to be a lot of sexy Ebola nurses this year. Um, mm-hmm. Se- uh, in sexy hazmat suits. Sexy hazmat. You you can't tell if they're sexy Ebola uh, nurse or if they're sexy Walter White. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm naked in this thing. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's, should have worn boxer briefs. Should have. Yeah, that's the thing, man. That scene, he should have worn boxer briefs. Would have had a lot yeah. more, a lot that's more comfortable. Tidy whities are icon- I- iconic, though. That's true. Um, if you're going against Walter White, though, wear boxer briefs under your tidy whities. <laughs> no flop. <laughs> that's um, a funny image. Yeah, <laughs> get the nude colored ones. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually what I was thinking. Yeah, get the spanks. Um, all right, let's move on to some trivia this week. Each week we do a little bit of trivia from Genius One Trivia Pursuit. I roll six sided dice. See which category we do. It's E. I'm not going to do entertainment. It's a one. It's geography. Jesse, you ready for this? What country was called Caldonia by the Romans? Caldonia. I want to say Scotland. You need to go to Scotland. I'm going to go with France. 
Francis Gall. Uh, oh, you're right, Scotland. Nice job. Boom. Boom. This one's for me. What uh, South American capital is the world's highest? I want to say Montevideo. South American? Yeah. I go with Lima. La Paz. La Paz. Dang it. Okay. Uh, this question. South Ameri- is South America the forgotten continent? I think so, man. That's the thing about South America. Like, all I think about, like, people are like, we should go to South America. And I'm just like, I have no idea. Like, I have no <laughs> idea. Like, I literally, I have a better idea about any other continent, including Antarctica, than South America. Right. I feel like I really need to beef up on my South America game. Um, Jesse, this question is for you. What country do Walloons call home? Uh, uh, this is making for great pod. Oh, yep. geez, this is killing me. W-A-L-L-O-O-N-S. I don't know. Czech, Czechoslovakia. I'm, it sounds Australian to me. I'm just going to go Aussie. De- oh, it's Belgium. The Belgians. Wallonia. Wallonia, of uh, course. I should have known that. All right, Jesse, this question for you. And... What? Oh. I well I just looked at the answer. I should probably not do that <laughs> one. Uh, uh, bonus if you get this you automatically win, Jesse. What is inscribed on the tablet held by the Statue of Liberty? Oh, Roman numerals, right? Uh quite possibly. I don't know. July 4, 1776 is the answer. But uh, this is your actual question, Jesse. And if I get the steal, we tie. What are the Vosges Mountains? Where are the Vosges Mountains? That's V-O-S-G-E-S Mountains. I'm gonna say Russia. Sounds Russia. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ukraine. France. Whoa. Apparently, it's Vosges, not (laughs) Vosges. Well, Jesse, you win. Uh, you win that this week, and we're going to move on to another great competition. This one is one of the legendary brackets given to us by James Patterson, and we talked about it a little while ago. Somebody asked us a question on our Facebook roundup: If you could choose your personal way to die, to be, I think the the it was it's not it's not the way to die, but it's the way to be executed. What would it be? Um, and we challenged James Patterson to put together a bracket, and he did. So, uh, here we go, Jess. We're going to have to narrow this down to a championship round. This is our super macabre topic for Halloween. <laughs> so, number one is stoning versus being thrown to the lions. Mm. Uh, me, personally, I'd rather be killed by the cat than a bunch of dudes hitting me with rocks. Yeah, I'm 100% on a lion here. And the reason is is that lions are killing machines. Yeah, they're just, it's just going to get you by the neck, yep. twist you around a little bit, and it's game over. He's going to do it. He knows how to do it. But like, what if the, you get one of the like, playful ones? You know, like, like how a cat will like, screw with a mouse? He's got to punch it in the nose, and then it'll go right at you. Okay. I'm just like lions know how to do this stuff. They're pretty good yeah. at it. Yeah. It's literally what they have to do for every meal that they eat. So Right. Yeah. Those jerks don't have to like <laughs> throw rocks at hamburgers to make them fall off of 
Exactly. Clips or whatever, so that they can get access to them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. I do. I do love the idea of a burger joint where you have it's like a carnival, and you have to like throw rocks to get the burgers to fall down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jesse, you might have to uh, school me a little bit on what this actually is, but the next one is guillotine versus drawing and quartering. Drawing and quartering. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. Uh. Uh, that's where they like uh, they hook up each of your limbs to a horse. Oh Jesus! So you have like, yeah, and then they like make the horses go so that they pull you apart. Oh, you mean like Edward the Third, under whose rule the Treason Act of thirteen fifty one was enacted? Oh, he he didn't actually die by it. I'm just on the Wikipedia page for. It's a really <laughs> big Wikipedia page. Wait, he was drawn and quartered, and he didn't die from it. No, he was the king who made drawing and quartering the punishment for treason in England. Oh, yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah, that's, well, I think, I mean, I think guillotine's probably going to run, make a a deep run into, on this bracket, just Uh because if I was going to be killed, guillotine's one of the best, it's one of the most uh, efficient Absolutely. Means of execution ever devised. Right. In fact, I think so, the guillotine was yeah, utilized I, in I France up until the death penalty was revoked. Like, I think that was just how people died in France. Like, the death penalty was enacted in France until, like, into the 20th century, if I'm not mistaken. I heard I heard something about that. I know the Nazis used the guillotine a lot. Jeez. We got to bring them into it, Jesse. Uh, now I'm going... <laughs> Sorry. I think we're, I think so. I think guillotine moves on, but drawing and quartering, woof, yikes. Um, up next, we got hanging. Yeah, that's like that's like the uh, cronut of torture and murder mm-hmm. in one. That's true. That's true. Like we're gonna kill you, and we're gonna make it horrible. <laughs> uh, this is the most macabre topic we've done. I think. Um, up next, we got hanging long drop versus hanging short drop. Easily hanging long drop. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> under the um, under the rules of like we're just picking what we'd rather have done to us. Yeah, hanging long drop. But in general, I'm a fan of the hanging short drop <laughs> For because sp- of the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh-huh. Oh, that's true. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. If you do have the dude, spoiler alert for the first hour of the movie um if you have the dude ready to shoot you down do you want the short drop because the Mm -hmm. long drop is going to get you real quick and the climactic scene at the very end that's true i think i'm gonna have to give this one the good bad and the ugly just for the short drop moves on yeah like this has got to be like but i want the whole i want the wild west short drop where they put you on a horse and then they make the horse run away Horses uh horses have killed a lot of people. Oh, they fucking love killing people. Forget about <laughs> lions. Horses are into it. Uh they they, they played the long <laughs> they game came against up with the idea. <laughs> They're like, Hey King, why don't you tie me and my three buddies up to that guy? <laughs> horses are sociopaths. Yeah. Um all right. Up next, we have. Uh, I don't. Let me know if you know. I don't know what either of these are. The breaking wheel versus gibbeting, or gibbeting. I think we're gonna have to do some research. Okay. I'm gonna. Do, I'm gonna look up the breaking wheel. You look up gibbeting. How, how do you it's spell a, that? Yeah. It's a G I B B E T I N G. 
the breaking wheel man this is this is morbid uh breaking wheel also known as the christine wheel or the catherine wheel or simply the wheel it's a torture device used for capital punishment in the middle ages and early modern times for public execution by breaking the criminal's bones and bludgeoning him to death Ugh, oh my god <laughs> These people were fucking crazy. This was just normal things that people did. Oh yeah. What? Like basically you tie somebody to a wheel that they can't Oh oh my god. Like you tie their limbs down and you put them on a wheel and then you spin the wheel until all their bones break and then they die? Oh that is And that and that's how the price is right was invented. <laughs> That's that's how Wheel of Fortune. That's what they called it, going bankrupt. Um, Wheel of misfortune. Yeah. What what's gibbeting? All right. Um, <clears throat> uh, gibbeting gibbeting refers to the use of a gallows type structure from which the dead or dying bodies of executed criminals were hung on public display. So you know when like this was like in Pirates of the Caribbean when they're mm. in the cage, like the person gets put in the cage. Mm. And it's like suspended and like it's used in Game of Thrones a lot yeah. too. You're put, you're put in the cage and suspended, and then like you starve to death, and the crows eat your eyeballs and stuff. Holy shit! This is a bad one. There's, I'd rather. I think I'd rather do the Wheel of Misfortune than have to. Yeah, I mean, be I feel like in if, a cage and die of thirst. If all your bones break, you're gonna go in the shock. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like your body would be like, all right, we're done with this stuff. We're done with this life stuff. But like, rotting away in a cage is pretty bad. Yeah, I'm giving this one to the the, the breaking wheel, of, wheel. The, the wheel of misfortune. All right, up the next price week, is right wheel. Up next, we got firing squad versus flaying. I don't even think this is close. Firing squad. Yeah, firing squad for sure. Flaying is the removing of the skin. Right. Ugh. Uh, we got brazen bull versus burn at the stake. I think I'm gonna go burn at the stake for this one. Ooh, that's tough, dude. Oh, the bur- brazen bull is one of like a ni- one of my nightmare scenarios. Mm. Like you, mm. so for burning people, at the stake isn't great either. I feel like burning at the stake, you would at least die of, of asphyxiation because the smoke inhalation would kill you. But with the brazen bull, you don't have any of the smoke. You just boil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one's going to burn at the stake. I'm going to burn at the stake for that one. Good oh. enough for Joan of Arc, good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Up next, we got Strapado versus Scapism. So, okay, Jesse. Let's do some research. Yeah, I want you to look up Strapado. It's S T R A P P A D O. And I'm going to look up Scapism. <laughs> I feel like James Patterson just went on Wikipedia. Oh, I knew this one. Okay, what's, what's Strapado? What is it? Scapato? Stapato? Strapato. Strapato. Um I, I think yeah, this one was uh popular with the Inquisition. Basically they'll like um tie your hands behind your back and then uh pull you up on like a winch by your wrists and uh-huh. then so they'll pull you up and then they'll drop your body and then grab it real quick so that it dislocates your shoulders. Gah! Yeah. Ooh. Which isn't really execution. I think this is more of a torture than execution. 
okay, well, this is scaphism. The intended victim was stripped naked and then firmly fastened within the interior space of two narrow rowing boats uh, joined what? together, one on top of the other, with the head, hands, and feet protruding. The condemned was forced to ingest milk and honey to the point of developing a severe bowel movement and diarrhea, and more honey would be poured on him to attract insects with the special attention devoted to the eyes, ears, mouth, genitals, and anus. In some cases, the executioner would mil- would mix milk and honey and pour the mixture all over the victim. He would then he would then be left to float on a stagnant pond or be exposed to the sun? Ugh. Uh, you're between two rowboats? Yeah, the defenseless individual's feces accumulated within the container, attracting more insects, which would eat and breed within his exposed flesh, and you basically get eaten to death by insects. Um, death due to a combination of dehydration, starvation, and septic shock. Delirium would typically set in after a few days. Oh, wow! I think Strapato's got to do it. Yeah, I'll take Strapato, I guess. And finally, what was yours called? Oh, scapism. Scapism. S C H A P I S M. Wow! I need, like a diagram for this one. They basically just put you in a boat, make you shit yourself, and then cover you in honey so that the mosquitoes eat you alive on a stagnant pond. Cool. Uh-huh. And then, finally, we have uh, crucifixion versus uh, rat torture. A cheap and effective way to torture someone with the use of rats. <laughs> there were many variants, <laughs> but the most common was to force a rat through the victim's body, usually the intestines, as a way to escape. This was done as follows. The victim was completely restrained and tied to the ground or a horizontal service. A rat was then placed on his stomach, covered by a metallic container. As the container was gradually heated, the rat began to look for a way out through the victim's body. Digging a hole usually took a few hours of agonizing pain for the victim. This is almost invariably resulted in death. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. God damn. human! See, this is why... I do believe that aliens, at one point, there's potentially came to Earth and we're mm-hmm. just nope. They came to Earth and we're like, yeah. is that dude using a rat to torture another dude? Yeah, peace out. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> just gonna go back to the Galactic Confederation. <laughs> They're not ready. Give them another yeah. two thousand years to cook. Last time we came here, there were giant lizard monsters and we nuked it. And now this. <laughs> The lizard monsters were much better than this. <laughs> At least they were just eating each other for food. Somehow well, it got worse. <laughs> Nuke it again. All right, so we got crucifixion versus rat execution. I'll take crucifixion. All right, speaking I have of Jesus points on it, this one. Speaking of Jesus Christ, uh, crucifixion. Still terrible, though. I mean, nailing you to a cross until you die over like a day. Uh, I saw Life of Brian. It's not all bad. <laughs> Okay, so sometimes let's, there's a little song at the end, a ditty. Let's cruise through this. I feel like these are two top seeds being thrown to the lions versus guillotine. Guillotine. Wow, I'm going lions. Uh oh. Trained ki- instinctual killers. I'm okay with that. All right, lions. I just feel like guillotine. There's all the stories about the eyes still moving afterward. No, I mean this is. 
Yeah, I mean, your this body... is a perfect killing machine, though. Yeah, but your brain is still going to be aware after your head falls off. I just don't want to know what it's you like. You think your brain's not aware when it's when the no, it's lion fine. is gnawing on your head? It's aware, but at the same time, I still got my whole body. I don't know what I don't want to know what it feels like to have no body. I do. It's like when you get to. <laughs> I'm assuming, like you get to the top of the roller coaster and you get that funny feeling. Woo! <laughs> and then you just die. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just I love the animal aspect of it. All right, in an upset. All right, in an upset, Lions win. Uh, hanging short drop versus the breaking wheel. Hanging short drop wins by a landslide. Uh, <laughs> fuck that shit. Uh, firing squad versus burn at the stake. I think we're going firing squad on this one. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, uh, Strapado versus crucifixion. I feel like Strapado didn't kill you. I feel like it was just torture. But if if you got Strapado didn't tell you died, mm. that would be bad. So I'm going crucifixion again. All right, sounds and maybe, good. And maybe they take it easy on you and just like stab you and you you bleed out. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like they also stabbed you. They were stabbers. <laughs> All right, so Lions versus Short Drop for the final four lions i'm going lions yeah and then firing squad versus crucifixion i'm going firing squad for sure okay all right so that's our championship round it's up to you now the listener let us know on our facebook page uh find the personal arrogance facebook page and uh, let us know in the comment section for this episode are you going being fed to the lions or going via firing squad this is this is an interesting one to me I feel like with the lions, at least you get to touch a lion. <laughs> like, that doesn't no, happen. I, I, what I like about Firing Squad, though, it's, it's one of the coolest looks ever. <laughs> the black and white photo of the guy with the blindfold on and the mm-hmm. cigarette in his mouth and his hands tied behind his back. That is a great look. Not to mention, you do get the cigarette with that as well. Mm-hmm. But, but you get to touch a lion. You never get to touch a lion. Unless you're a veterinarian. I'll take the lion if I get to just stand there with a cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> Blindfolded, and then they let the lions go. <laughs> All right, well, it's up to you, the listener, so please uh, go to our Facebook page and comment on this episode. Let us know which macabre way that you would like to go in our Halloween spec- spooktacular. There's a funny sketch comedy sketch in here somewhere of, like, like the stormtroopers and one of them deserts uh-huh. his post and they like line him up for execution by firing squad but like they miss they keep missing <laughs> the firing squad <laughs> then they like hit him in the knee once the guy's like what the hell this is why i ran away i can't <laughs> trust you guys i'm the only good shot in this budge <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh let's get to the facebook round of this week speaking of facebook you go to our facebook page you can vote in this bracket challenge. And every week we post on there. We say, hey, guys, we're recording tonight. And put something in here and we will talk about it. We call it the Facebook Roundup. And you guys always bring the bacon. We love it. Starting off with James Patterson, who is our bracket designer. He says, Seattle misconnections. You, shimmering, maroon, coagulated <laughs> clump of red, white, and plasma. Me, tall, handsome, and headbanging to death cap for cutie while contemplating flick stick or nom. I'm AB positive. You may just be my type. I think that he did a Seattle misconnection for me seeing blood on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, James, for calling me handsome. Um, <laughs> uh, he also has a 
new thing. New York officially calls hot dogs and burritos sandwiches. I think this is a callback to our Gotham Blotter episode where I said that gyros and burritos were a form of sandwich because, you know, in that show, Penguin likes to eat a sandwich after he kills somebody. Um, and I was saying maybe another guy will eat a taco or a gyro. But apparently in the New York canon, those are sandwiches. Jesse, how do you feel about this? Uh, no. Hot dogs and burritos are not sandwiches. Right. We, I, we had this before, didn't we? We talked about somebody asked us if hot dogs were sandwiches. Right. Unequivocally, no. Although, I'm, burrito, you might be able to sway me on a burrito. A burrito is not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. I, I guess if hot dogs are not a sandwich, burritos are definitely not a sandwich. Hot dog is the closest thing to a sandwich. Hot dog is closer to sandwich than burrito. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, Simon says, hey guys, I just recently enjoyed an audible ale from Red Hook and with this discovery decided to ditch domestic beers and want to start trying more craft beers. Could you give me some recommendations to start out with? Uh, can't wait to indulge in some of Lovecraft's finest in the future. That one comes to us from Simon. Um, so we don't really know where Simon is from, but he's presumably from the Northwest if he's having an audible ale from Red Hook. So if you are in the Northwest, like, congratulations for having delicious beer <laughs> everywhere around you. Uh, the beer that I'm drinking tonight, I didn't even get to talk about it. It's Bridgeport Brewing Company. It's from Portland, Oregon. They did a trilogy series, and this is the third in the trilogy. It's called Brewer's Class, and it is just the most delicious thing ever. It's so good. Um, they they actually had a uh, a Brewer's Class at Bridgeport Brewing Company. This was the beer that they all came up with, and it is, it's the bee's knees, man. I've had all three of this trilogy series, and it's really good. So I recommend anything from Bridgeport. And, of course, if you're in the Northwest, go anything from Rogue. I feel like that's a great intro if you're trying to get into craft beers is just try all the Rogue beers because they uh, they have a pretty big variety. What do you think, Jay? Uh, yeah, like I like, the, I like the Widmere Brothers variety pack. Mm-hmm. Those are usually pretty solid. I'm not actually a huge fan of Rogue. Yeah, there's definitely that. There's two. There's there's two Rogue camps. There's the people who like and the people who don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ice cream. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Yeah, but yeah, Winmer Brothers is good, man. The Alchemy Ale is real good, and even their Hefeweizen, like that's one of the better Hefeweizens that's out there. Yeah, I, I like that Hef. Yeah, then they were one of the original Hef, uh, American Hefeweizens, so uh, Winmer Brothers is a good one, too. Uh, Rolo Tomasi says, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, then in parentheses, really sell this part, Eric, and then writes, uh, oh, God, she's behind me. What are you doing with that knife? No. Did I sell it? Uh, yeah, I actually just called 911. Thank you. Uh, Rolo then says, I think I'm funny. I think you're funny too, Rolo. Uh, Michael says, not for nothing, the Blue Moon Cinnamon Horchata Ale is pretty delicious. Oh yeah, prepare to get smoked like like a jazz cigarette in fantasy football this week, Walquist. Shall we play for pink slips? You name it. You got it, Michael McBride. You will get the pink slip to my uh, Honda Civic souped up uh, Fast and Furious car if, if I lose. That's my promise to you. Uh, Justin says, 
Uh, just thought I would pass on that I grew up in Bend, where they make the Schutz Brewery microbrews. When I was in my 20s, my friend's dad was the repairman at the brewery. The bottle machine messed up the labels all the time, and he would literally bring us mixed cases of beer every night. Those were the days. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I love the mystery beer. Uh, it has a label on it, but it could be wrong. I feel like that might happen more than more than people know. It's like, wow, this this batch tastes real different. <laughs> That's because it is. Uh, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, Michael says, any excitement uh, for the All Blacks versus the USA game going to be played in Chicago this week? And the All Blacks is the New Zealand rugby team, I believe. Yeah, I'd actually like to watch this. Yeah, I would too. I, apparently, it's supposed to be a really big deal. And I think they sold out Soldier Field. I think there's supposed to be like 70,000 people there. Um, and I love I love watching rugby, especially rugby sevens. So I guess go New Zealand. Um, uh, what? <laughs> Come on. I just betrayed both of your nationalities, Jesse. He did. <laughs> Once. USA. USA. <laughs> Uh, Saturday, November 1st at 3 p.m. Yeah. But it doesn't tell me what uh, time zone. USA. Presumably, uh, Illinois is Central? Uh, Illinois is, yeah, Chicago Central Time. Okay. Yeah. USA. A-U-S. That's what you should <laughs> be chanting. Yeah. Uh, Sean says, congratulations, Jesse, in honor of your successful Kickstarter campaign. I wanted to speculate as to which... Of these two fake restaurants would most likely get funded. A restaurant that simulates the camping culinary experience, hot dogs and s'mores, called the Campfire Cafe. Or a food truck that serves only tater tot-based dishes, tachos, etc., called the Tot Spot. I want Tot Spot right now. Immediately. Yeah, I feel like that's actually a viable plan, the Tot Spot. One of my favorite uh, little bars here in Ballard, in the Ballard area of Seattle, is called Zeta Zeta Buddies. Yeah, dude. And they have the tater tot poutine, which is the most amazing dish of all time. Is that actually good? It's so good. I've had it multiple times. Their poutine is so good, too, because, like, the mozzarella is, like, kind of stringy. It's real good stuff. So Tot Spot is definitely going. Um, And then finally, James says, where do I start if I want to get into the writing of Lovecraft, Jesse. Shadow over Innsmouth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, uh, I know Barnes & Noble also sold a compendium of Lovecraft books, but yeah, Shadow over, Shadow over Innsmouth or Call of Cthulhu, I feel like, are the two big ones yeah. that you should I just read. bought like the complete works of H.P. Lovecraft on Kindle for like $3. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and- yeah. Just get in there. Roll your sleeves up. It's not necessarily easy reading, but it's worth it. Uh, and maybe go for an audiobook. That's how I uh, – well, I didn't read it, but I listened to Shadow Over Innsmouth. It actually came across really nice in audiobook form. So <laughs> maybe you're listening to podcasts. Just listen to an audiobook. Do it. Um, also, my buddy was saying that he just bought the complete uh, – com- there's like an annotated Lovecraft that he said was around $40. And it has like cross references, like this character was mentioned in this story, and you can like go back and forth if you really want to get into it. This sounds like an awesome option, or you could spend like mm. ninety nine cents on the whatever the Kindle version, because most of it's in public domain at this point. Right. Um, 
All right, that's Facebook Roundup. Uh, before we go, I want to tell you about BaldMove.com, guys. BaldMove.com, everything that you want, know, and love about television, uh, pop culture, it's all there. Uh, the uh, Boardwalk, big big things this week, Boardwalk Empire series finale speakeasy podcast, which was uh, uh, really big. Uh, Aaron described it as an emotional experience. Um, and also there's a ton of Walking Dead stuff up there right now with the Watching Dead uh, all the buzz this year around uh, zombie stuff. If you want to watch The Walking Dead, apparently this is the time to do it. So check out Watching Dead. Also, The Gotham Blotter. That features me and Rocky Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi. And actually, Aaron is a special guest this week talking about the most recent episode of Gotham uh, on Fox titled The Spirit of the Goat. Of course, up yours downstairs covering everything in Wardian, including Downton Abbey. We got American Horror Story and we got The Because Show. Check it all out, baldmove.com. And please get in touch with us, guys. Best way to do it, personalarrogance at gmail.com. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Jesse Reckos? Yeah, I don't really have anything. I'll just take this opportunity to say thank you once again to everyone who helped uh, push the Kickstarter through. Cheers to that, man. And uh, and I want to thank everybody for listening this week. We will be back next week and until then uh remember that wherever you go whatever you do please stay stay arrogant